And I realized that this was my gift and we all have our own unique gifts and talents and our job is to lean into them. And if I didn't have all of those failures, I would have never discovered this gift that I had inside of me. It would have just got brushed under the rug. So I'm really grateful for all of those failures and that turning point. And I think there's a lot of magic when you lean into something that you're meant to be doing. Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanira Madani, and I believe that you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue, and less than 25% of women are breaking the C-suite glass ceiling. And our team at CEO School is on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who are breaking the statistics, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they defied the odds so that you can do it too. If you are an ambitious woman who wants to create a life of impact through financial freedom, self-growth, and find confidence in your voice, grab a seat because class is officially in session. This episode is sponsored by The Club, a quarterly box and digital monthly community to help you level up in leadership and life. Learn more today at join.theceoschool.co slash the club. Hi, I'm Sanara Madani and welcome to CEO School. Today's guest is a best-selling author, life coach, and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women create a life where they can truly have it all. And that is the reason why we have her on today's show. Jacqueline DiGregorio started her business in her dorm room at Georgetown University when she was only 21 years old. She's already written two best-selling books and has spoken on guess what? 125 stages at various conferences, corporations, and universities across the world, including TEDx. Jacqueline has been featured by Forbes, Elite Daily, Bustle, and Washington Business Journal. And we couldn't be more excited to have her on the show today. Jacqueline, welcome to CEO School. Thank you so much for having me here. It's truly an honor. And I'm so excited to dive into all of the great content. I'm so excited. I mean, something that you and I, I was on your show last week. We connected while I was on your podcast. Like you have to be on CEO school podcast because your story is so incredible. I mean, you were literally 21 years old and at school failing, not failing school, but failing life, which is what most 21 year olds are supposed to be doing. And you, you decided that you weren't going to fail and that you were going to start a business and you couldn't figure out what that business was. And you ended up becoming a motivational speaker. I've not met a, a, such a young motivational speaker who has had this much experience. You've literally been on stages worldwide, inspiring thousands and thousands and thousands of people on these stages. And so I'm really excited to dive into your story today. Take me back to your dorm room and I'd love to hear how the journey began. Yeah. I have chills just thinking about it. It's so cool to even hear you say it and think about how far I've come because I remember being in college. So it really started when I was the summer between my junior and senior year, I was doing a corporate internship and I enjoyed it. I think a lot of entrepreneurship stories start with someone being really miserable and they can't do this any longer. That's not what my story was like. I was really enjoying every day, enjoying the experience, but I had this little whisper. It was like, Jacqueline, you're meant to be 
running a company, not working for a company. And it started small. And every day as the summer went on, it got louder and louder and louder. And one day I remember so vividly, I was driving home from the internship and I realized that this voice wasn't going anywhere. It was only getting louder. And so essentially I had two choices. I could ignore it and my whole life have this voice inside of me that I wasn't listening to always wondering what if, or I could lean into it now in what better time than the present always. I don't think there's any reason to ever put off a dream. I think that the longer it takes us to start, the farther out we're pushing where we want to be in the future. So I was like, well, I might as well start now. So I had no money, no business ideas and no experience. And I decided I was going to get started. So that month it was August, 2016. I wrote down business ideas every day in this little journal. I still have it. And most of them were pretty terrible, but I thought I could write down ideas for a year and I want to be a CEO. I want to have a business. I don't just want to be an aspiring entrepreneur. So I have to start. And I had this inkling that I would probably fail because I read a lot of books and watched Shark Tank and the normal exposure to entrepreneurship thinking failure is a part of the process. So I might as well just start with something. So I decided to give myself a deadline. My deadline was August 27th, the day I moved into college my senior year. And I was going to pick an idea, the best idea in the notebook, whatever it was. And at the time, the best idea was I wanted to create this plate that encouraged people to eat healthier, to eat balanced meals, but that wasn't so ugly. So it was this cute pineapple. And long story short, that was the first idea I went with. I needed $10,000 to order my first like run from the factory. So I waitressed on campus uh, for the first semester. And then my parents lent me a few thousand dollars and I was able to get this first order of plates. They were an epic failure, lots of problems with them. And I realized it quick. I was very quick to pivot. I wasn't the kind of entrepreneur to try to get something to work that wasn't working. I realized that it wasn't sticking. I realized that it would cost a lot of marketing dollars to explain how to use these and why people needed them. And I didn't want to convince people that my product was necessary. I wanted to create something that people genuinely needed. So I realized it wasn't working and I'm like, okay, I need to pivot. And silly, I don't know, 21 year old thinking, well, I need an app because that's the answer to everything. (laughs) And I didn't know anything about apps. I did not know how to code. And I was just, kind of just jumped into it right away. I'm like, okay, let's build an app instead. Let's take these concepts about health and wellness, which was inspired by an eating disorder that I struggled with in college. And let's put them in an app form. And long story short, I raised money on Kickstarter. I built this app. I launched it to a few hundred college women and it was crashing. It had bugs. It had all these problems. I had spent all of my money that I raised on Kickstarter. I'm like, what do I do now? So I could have raise more money, fix the app, went with different developers. But I was evolving as a person. And it's really interesting because I was building a personal brand. So the whole time it was like, hey, I'm Jacqueline and here's what I'm creating versus creating a brand and there's just a person behind it. And so I had cultivated this audience of people who were following along. And this is when I hit that rock bottom moment, two failures in, two and a half years in, graduated college, moved home with my parents, have no money, spent every dollar to my name in the business, probably in the negatives at this point. And feeling like I didn't know if I had what it took to be a successful entrepreneur, but I wasn't sure what that even was. And 
I decided, let me just turn inward because I was constantly going as fast as I could on this hamster wheel externally and nothing was working. So I started reading a lot of books about personal development. I started journaling. I started writing down my goals, thinking about what I wanted for my life. Instead of starting with the idea, I started with the big picture. Who do I want to be? How do I want to live? What do I want my everyday life to look like? Why do I want to be an entrepreneur? Why do I want to run a business? And what do I want that to look like? And I realized that there were a few key things that were important to me. Having fulfillment and autonomy over my business and its ability to achieve its goals, having freedom over my life, my schedule, being able to be a leader and lead a team and inspire people. And I wanted the work that I did to be fulfilling. And so I thought, okay, what am I good at? Out of all these things, I can probably take those skills of leadership and fulfillment in almost any business. So let me look at what I'm actually good at. And I looked back on the past two and a half years and I realized that I had given 66 speeches, but I didn't call them speeches. I called them marketing. So I was traveling to colleges and I was giving a talk about health and wellness and my eating disorder and why I was building this app. And then I was getting all of these women who were in college to sign up for a beta test for my app. And when I was looking back, all of a sudden it was like the floodgates had opened and my brain for the first time started looking at what was working rather than what wasn't. Mm. And when I did that, I remembered which was there the whole time, the messages. Every single time I would speak, I would get these messages from these women in the audience. Jacqueline, I am a sophomore in college. I'm an accounting major. I hate my major and I've been putting off telling my parents, but after hearing you speak and how you transformed your life and are pursuing your dreams at such a young age, I decided that I'm gonna tell my parents tomorrow that I'm changing my major. Powerful messages like this. And I realized that this was my gift. And we all have our own unique gifts and talents and our job is to lean into them. And if I didn't have all of those failures, I would have never discovered this gift that I had inside of me. It would have just got brushed under the rug. So I'm really grateful for all of those failures and that turning point. And it's really funny. I think there's a lot of magic when you lean into something that you're meant to be doing it really was like overnight success when I started speaking. I booked, I think maybe 50 speeches that first year I was traveling every week. Wow. I didn't even know what life coaching was. And people started coming up to me afterwards trying to hire me. I'm like, what? I need to figure this thing out. And it was like magic. I was able to build my team and create all of those things I said I wanted in that initial vision. So that's the story. I love it. I've literally, I have a page full of notes. I wanted to pause you at so many different junctures of that story to dig deeper, but you are such a natural. And I just wanted to hear you all the way through. And it's so inspirational. You're so young. Oh my God, Jacqueline. And I'm sure it's exhausting because I remember being in your shoes. I do want to first empathize with you there that I started my business at 26 years old with no money in my bank account, moved into my parents' house. Very similar story in terms of where I got my starting point was at a very early age. And so I don't mean to come across as being like, oh my God, you're so young. I'm so impressed is what I want to share. Because I remember being in your shoes and just feeling like, oh my God, everybody just wants to talk about how young I am versus like the experience that I've had. So when we look at your experience, you actually 
are so ahead in terms of experience. Like while you were in college and you should be failing in college, right? This is what college is all about. It is all about failure. It's all about experimenting with all the different things. And I wish we encouraged more of that. Even just starting, I was like the first note that I took of when you're talking about you in college and that you were failing and you were trying to start different things. You started this pineapple plate business. I absolutely fucking love that. That sounds like a horrible idea, Jacqueline. (laughs) And, but that is exactly what you should be doing is trying out your horrible ideas and what you, if you don't need all of the ideas, right? It takes one good idea. That's all it takes. You only have to be right once. And I love that you talked about setting a deadline. And that is something that I think where people get really caught up and I see entrepreneurs that will start their journey and they don't know when to pivot. They don't know when to actually let, let it go. And because every, no one's going to tell you that your baby's ugly. That's what I call in entrepreneurship, like your product or your service and your company is your baby. And when you're going to go ask your friends and family, they're going to say, Oh my God, that's like the cutest pineapple plate ever. I would totally buy this pineapple plate and it's amazing. It's going to help me healthier. And then it's like actually time to launch and no one's buying the pineapple plate, right? No one's buying it. Cause it's so difficult to tell your friends that your baby's ugly. And something that we do that I really encourage entrepreneurs to do is you don't need to have that perfect product, but go get the dollars, right? That will, that will prove to you right away. If your product is viable or not, you don't need to have $10,000 worth of orders, which I still appreciate that you did that by the way, because that $10,000 is your MBA right there. You getting through that experience, you creating this product, manufacturing it, finding all of that while you're still in school and doing this and waitressing tables so that you can pay for this. I absolutely love the story for so many reasons, so many, so many reasons. And I hope, I don't know if our audience is in there in college, I believe our audience is in like their late twenties and third, like 25 to 45 is our demographics. But man, don't you wish we had that when we were in college was the balls to just go for it. And I love that you, you did that. I love that you did that. And then part two, cause I'm going to go through my notes right now and feel free to stop me was then you're like, okay, I'm going to try something else. And you knew that you set a, you set a deadline, you did the thing, it didn't work. And instead of just chasing it endlessly and running through more dollars, you tried a different, you tried something else. You started in apps. Definitely. Oh my God. When you said that I was laughing on mute because the amount of times that I hear entrepreneurs say that, well, if I only had an app and the amount of business coaching that I've done over the last two years in CEO school, just hearing people's ideas. And they just magically think that by having an app, it's going to solve the problems of the world. And it's going to solve their business problems. It takes a lot. And it's not just an app. It's a software company and building a software company takes millions of dollars. Like it is, there is no app that you're using right now on your top 10 apps. That is not a, a unicorn status in the tech world. Like it takes millions of dollars to go build software. And I was laughing when you said, I'm going to go build an app. Like most people are like, we're going to go build an app and you failed and it's totally okay. And you tried something and you built a product and then you realized, and you went on Kickstarter. I love that you did that. What 21 year old, like, I wish I could like bottle you up right now and take you to all the colleges. I'm glad that you're speaking and sharing the story because we all need to be failing. You're and it. Wasn't a failure. You learn how to fundraise, right? That's like the other thing I wrote down. Like literally you learn how to fundraise, you pitch your product, 
you got investors launching it and having a successful campaign on Kickstarter is not easy to do. Not easy to do. And so whether your app worked out or not, you still had an MVP. You still had an audience that was willing to pay, purchase, and advocate. And then you were going around personally, which was my next part of it, which I put a heart around my little notepad, was that you personally went to all of these different colleges to go acquire your customers. And you called it marketing. And you realized that you were actually speaking was your calling. But what I learned from it, and for any entrepreneur that's listening here, I remember, and your story reminds me so much of my own in very different ways, Jacqueline. I literally sold my first 100 customers by myself. Like literally that entire experience of why my product was going to work for them for first, first acts from, for a payments perspective. I installed every last bit of like, whether it was credit card terminals, like whatever it was, like the first 100 customers was so pivotal in my journey. I love that you did 66 college speeches and now then real, then you realize, okay, that is what I'm good at. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I love your reflections on it. It makes me think, wow, it's just, yeah. it's so beautiful to look at failure in this way and look at the journey of an entrepreneur in this way, because I don't think it's often taught in this way. And you mentioned, you alluded to this earlier with, I wish we were taught to fail sooner. The whole school system doesn't want you to fail. If you get a bad grade, you're in trouble. What did you do wrong? You don't know anything versus, oh my gosh, this is illuminating an opportunity. Look at all the things you did learn because you failed. And I don't know about you, but I've had experiences in business where I've succeeded and I don't know why. I'm like, hmm, was that luck? Was it this thing? Was it this thing? Why was this launch so successful? And sometimes you have to reverse engineer to figure it out. But when you fail, you know what didn't work. You're positive. You're hundred percent certain. So I feel like sometimes you actually learn more when you fail than when you succeed. 100%. And I love that example that you gave. And you're absolutely right. When you fail, you know exactly most of the time why you failed. And when you are successful, sometimes you don't know what are the exact nuances and you have to absolutely work backwards. And there's ways to do that, but it comes back to knowing what can you learn from every experience. And it really is about failing forward, right? It's not just, it's failure is failing forward. And these are all, we're all, we should be embracing so much more failure than we do. And you're absolutely right. And I think sometimes like as women, don't you find that we are so opposite of like, we are already perfectionists. And so talk to me about you, you know, you're speaking all across the nation And you have your kind of like your big, your secret sauce that we were talking about earlier. So share with us that little, that secret sauce for those entrepreneurs listening, for those women in leadership rising that are afraid to fail or not maybe allowing themselves the room to do so. Yeah. I think there's a few important components that I've boiled down no matter who I'm working with, whether it's an entrepreneur or a leader and they have a goal they're working towards. Everything is individualized and I think that's really important, but the themes are always the same and that's what I love. So the first thing is mindset and it's not just about positive mindset. I think that this is a myth. Some people feel uncomfortable when someone starts talking about mindset because they're like, I don't want to live with my head in the clouds and toxic positivity and all these things. So that's not what I teach with mindset. What I teach is how can we look at this from a perspective that's going to get you closer 
to your goals. So something I have written on my wall right in front of me that I love that sums it up perfectly is I think thoughts, feel feelings, and believe stories that support me in getting what I want. So it's really about choosing to shift your thoughts, words, actions, and beliefs towards repeat that, what you Repeat want. that again slowly, Jacqueline. I want to I wanna make sure that I fully capture that. Yeah. So I think thoughts, feel feelings, and believe stories that support me in getting what I want. And I'm going to give an example, which is the failure thing. So good. If I was thinking, Jacqueline, you're a failure. No one will ever want to listen to you speak because all you've ever done is fail. Then I would never have become a successful speaker. But instead, I chose to think thoughts, feel feelings, and believe stories that supported me. So I thought, oh my gosh, Jacqueline, you might be the most qualified human on this planet to teach people how to get up when they fail, to be resilient, to persevere. Oh my gosh, you were given this gift of these experiences because this is your calling and you are so capable and so prepared and you have more experience than anyone. And then when I pitched myself for these speeches, I was like, I'm an expert at failing and people loved it. So that's really important. That's what I believe about mindset. It's really choosing to see things differently. And it all starts from the thoughts because the thoughts create the feelings in your body. It starts from the stories you're telling both yourself and others. If you're like, I have no idea how to start to take autonomy over my thoughts, a good place to start is just listen to the words you say. So I always tell my clients, listen to the words you're saying when someone says, how's your business going? Or how are you doing as a leader, right? What your responses are going to be amplifies and really is a mirror for the thoughts you're thinking. And I look back on my business and when I was failing, I would be like, oh, it's okay. These things aren't going well. And as my tide started to change, I wasn't lying. I was never pretending things were perfect than they weren't. I was never avoiding my feelings. I might say, I've moved through these difficult things, but here's where I'm going next. And here's why I'm so excited about it. I was always painting a picture of where I was going and what was possible for me. So that's huge mindset. Second piece of the secret sauce is strategy. I think that strategy is obviously so important. And when I was failing a lot, I had no strategy. So really understanding basics of business or basics of the, the key needle movers for your goal. So if you want to become a better leader, if you want Hallelujah. to that promotion, <laughs> yes, as my favorite, have you read the book? The one thing? No, I haven't. You would love it. So this is the okay. book that really taught me strategy and changed my life the way that I look at strategy. It's by Gary Keller. And the premise of the book, there's one line that's really powerful. He says, what's the one thing you could do that would make everything else either easier or unnecessary? So this is actually the thing that got me to focus on speaking because when I was first playing around with it, I was like, well, there, I was looking at different brands and how they create it sort of speaking slash coaching slash course businesses. And I thought, well, I could go in all these directions. And then I asked myself this question and I thought, well, if I was an in-demand speaker, all of those other things would be easy, right? I could launch a course and people would buy it. I would have an audience already. I would have the cash flow to fund these things. So I spent 40 hours a week 
doing just speaking outreach, like literally sending emails for 40 hours a week. It was the most boring, exhausting thing ever. And that's what created my whole business. So I think it's really important to just look at what's working and focus more on what's working, less on what's not working and know the things that actually move the needle forward. And if you don't know them, you have to be willing to try and figure them out. I'm not anti-throwing spaghetti because sometimes I think you have to throw the spaghetti to see what sticks, especially if you're paving a new path. But if you can find a mentor or find a coach or find someone who's kind of done the thing before, someone you can grab coffee with, that's always a great place to start to find out what the needle movers are. So that's the second thing. The third thing is the path of least resistance. So I, I'm all about hard work and I think it's absolutely essential. And we talked about this a lot on my podcast. And I also think that it's over-glorified and sometimes there is this push to be busy when busy is not always a needle mover. So I'm all about if I want to get X result, what's the easiest way and the most fun way that I can get it? And if I can create this result in any way I want, how do I want to create it? One of my favorite quotes or mantras that I live by in my business is build it how you want to maintain it. So if I want to run a say digital course where it's completely automated and I'm not on live every week teaching, I will build it that way. I will launch it that way. I won't do this for five years and then say, oh no, I'm pregnant with twins. How the heck am I going to automate my course? Right? So that's been a big part of my business and has been so helpful to just take the path of least resistance. Things can be easy and not everything will be easy, but if you're open to it, oftentimes opportunities and ideas will come to you versus if you're closed off and think everything has to be hard, our thoughts trickle down to create our actions. And so you're going to make it harder than it needs to be. So that's really important. And the last thing is accountability. I think that there's this myth with motivation. There's a myth that some people are more motivated than others. I always heard this when I was a kid, people would tell me, oh, well, you're just so motivated, you know, getting good grades in high school and being really committed to academics in college. And then when I was building my business, people would say, well, I'm just not like you. I'm not motivated. I don't believe that some of us are born motivated and others aren't. I believe that motivation is like food and we have to fuel our brains with motivation every single day. So there's a lot of ways you can do that. And it could take just a few minutes a day. It could be reconnecting to your why. It could be doing a short morning routine where you're writing down your goals or listening to a podcast or a story that inspires you or reading a book for 10 minutes before you start your day from someone who's created success similar to the success you want to create. But you have to feed your brain every day to really have that motivation and put yourself in containers where there is accountability. So I always have coaches. I am a coach. I believe in the power of that. You don't have to hire someone. You can do it with a friend. You can have an accountability partner, but really being in integrity with your word and your goals and setting your goals in a way that you can actually be integrity with. I think that's another issue with women. We try to like overdo everything. So I always create what I call my minimum standards. And it's like, no matter what, matter how busy I am, unless I'm sick. That's always my like, unless I have a fever or I'm like in bed sick and can't do it. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And these are in my personal life. These are in my business. So it could be exercise three times a week, no matter what. Some weeks I exercise five times. Some weeks they're super busy. I'm traveling and three times is what it is. But I always commit to my minimum standard. Record one podcast a week, no matter what. Some weeks I record two. 
Some weeks I record three, but no matter what, always one, right? And so I always have these minimum standards in my life so that I can be accountable. And I often walk through with my clients, what are your minimum standards? And they have no idea. They don't even know what they want to hold themselves accountable for. So those would be the four things that I think are really important. I am mind blown right now at your secret sauce because it is, I feel like I have met my long lost like person right now. Like I feel like everything you are saying is, it's so true. And this is the secret sauce, like every single one of the things of, and I love this in particular. So the needle movers, like I talk about all the time and having that drive, but accountability is so important. I love that you talked about this minimum standards. I call it a weekly scorecard, right? So in the, in literally inside of the, inside of the CEO school planner is a weekly scorecard. And I phrase things differently than you do, but it's that exact thing. Like what is the minimum amount that you're going to commit to this week? And you can be overly ambitious for it, but I love the way that you phrased it. And it actually helped me phrase this better because I don't, I do believe what you said is that people aren't just born ambitious you have to fuel it like food. And I love that. We all have to, what we eat is who we are, right? Like how we feel and food gives us energy. This is why we take that 10 minutes to do a morning routine or to find whatever works for you, right? You talked about the podcast, you talked about whether it's reading the book or these are all things that we can be doing to fuel that motivation across all aspects of our life. And I think that the people that are the most successful are that growth oriented human. And that is what this journey is all about, right? Becoming the CEO of your life, of your business is really, it's a journey. It's not a destination. It doesn't just happen overnight and it's continual growth. And I'm obsessed with every single thing that you said. And the last thing I want to come back to is the path of least resistance because so often than none, we try to pick the hardest path. We try to sit down and overcomplicate, over-engineer. So this is exactly because we want to deliver so much value and it's going to be all of these things. And I love that you said, build it how you want to maintain it. Every single thing that you want to accomplish, every single thing that you want your business to be, every single thing that you want your team to do, all of it can be built in a way that's serving to you, to your team, to your values, to your company. And that is how you should be building it in the first place. And something that I feel like got out of hand for me, Jacqueline, in the best possible way, but it was stacks. I mean, I had no intention of building it to be as big as it is. Like this was not the intention. And then I've been on this roller coaster of like just growth because it is exciting. And they're like, what other chance in my life will I ever get to go build a billion dollar business? It's so rare. It's so rare to be in this position, but also I didn't intend for that in the first place. And so what I'm doing is frantically catching up with that, right? Instead of, I didn't build it to be that and all of its scalability, right? So we can talk about that on another time on another show, but that was a lesson that I learned and building CEO school organically happened and it was happening again. I launched the podcast during the pandemic, the growth was scaling. And then we were like, okay, we've all these things to do. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do make this mistake. And we have to build it the way we want to. And this is a project of impact. It's not a monetization piece for me. Yes, we're going to, we're, we are for profit. We're not for profit, but the goal is to make, how can we make the biggest amount of impact with the least amount of resistance? And I love that. I love that you said that. And to every single woman out here listening today, if you're a leader, if you're an entrepreneur, learn from Jacqueline's four secret sauce. I'm going to go back and I'm, I'm personally going to be re-listening to this episode 
And I'm going to be downloading the one thing tonight by Gary Keller. So we'll, we'll link this into the show notes as well. Cause I feel so inspired to continue my journey, Jacqueline of failure to continue my journey of growth. Where can we continue to learn from you? So obviously we have to come to one of your speeches now that, and, and if you, and I'd love for you to come back and maybe we can deep dive into how to become a public speaker. Cause I'm sure there's so many women are great at it. I want to learn that. It's incredible. I would love to talk about it. I am still learning so much every day as I continue to scale in a different way of scaling, right? Not scaling in terms of, uh, I can't scale myself. It's only one of me, but getting to these larger and larger speeches, these just bigger opportunities and every level I climb, it's a totally different business. It's like, oh, now it works like this. Oh, now I work with this person and this person. And it's just, it's a world of its own. And I have a lot to say on it. So I would love to talk about it uh, on another episode. And yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. If you guys love this and you want to learn more, I am on Instagram at Jacqueline DiGregorio. And my podcast is called Spark Your Light. And we just had the wonderful Sanira on. So check out that episode. It should be live by the time this episode is live. And yeah, I've had so much fun. I had so much fun, by the way, it is Sunday evening. So it's 6 PM on a Sunday evening, Jacqueline and I could not figure out our schedules to get this podcast recorded. And of course we both had to do our minimum standards to get this show out for you guys. Jacqueline is also getting married this weekend. This, and so she was like, let's do it on Sunday. And we're so grateful to have you today on the show. Thanks for sharing your Sunday with us. This episode's going to go live next on Monday and you'll be married. And we're so excited to follow your journey. We're definitely going to have you back to deep dive specifically into public speaking. But today, man, did we learn so much. Thank you, Jacqueline. Let's follow her journey and let's listen to her show. If you love this show, screenshot it, tag Jacqueline, tag me. This is how we grow the show. Leave a review today. It would make both of our days. And I'll be personally sending out, I actually do personal notes to those that send us a podcast review and we're sending out swag. So don't miss out. Screenshot this, share it with your audience leave us a review and screenshot that and send it over to hello at the co. And we'll be sending you a nice little gift your way. We can't wait to see you next week at CEO school. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and show. Our team at CEO school works extremely hard to bring you the best content, authentic conversations and expert guests curated every single week to keep you leveling up in leadership, business, and in life. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating telling us what you enjoy the most. We will be sending CEO School swag for the next 100 reviews, so don't miss out. Write a review and send us a screenshot at podcast at theceoschool.co to claim your swag. Again, it's podcast at theceoschool.co to claim your swag. Thanks so much. We love having you here.